छात्र अमिस्त्रोबीन हजार Okay, I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. So I had such goals. Uh, we are a little bit late on recording. Yeah, my fault. It could have been my fault though, because I had a, um, I had, I had a. Uh, uh, Laparoscopic surgery last week. Yeah, but, I was but even though you had surgery, you were totally game. You were like, like, we can yeah, still podcast. You want. I, I was the one who was like, <laughs> I, I feel terrible. I haven't done yeah. any research at all. Let's put it off for a week. Okay. And I was all on, you know, painkillers, and I was like, but I'm ready. Okay, I'll wait. Yeah, that could have been a way more interesting <laughs> podcast. So, yeah, I had a, I took last week off to have a, a minor laparoscopic, laparoscopic surgery, and, uh, and I actually went in today for the first time and, and did like three quarters of a day and went, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there are many times on Monday where I'm tired and having a hard time focus, focusing. And, uh, but this time but, you felt entitled to be like, fuck it. And go, fuck it, home. I'm going yeah. home. And, <laughs> and so I have a wonderful boss and, and did that thing. Um, yeah. Our theme yes. for this episode is awesome soundtracks and themes and horror. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I was, I know I kind of this was, was This was your idea. It actually. is my idea. Yeah. I love soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Not even just horror movie soundtracks. Like, I remember, I mean, like, Lost Boys, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and and not in yeah. the horror vein, but I remember when Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure came out. And like, oh, I, I practically wore that tape out. Yeah. yeah. And I, because I, I, I went to some kind of competitive something down in Minneapolis and, and I, I never really got the opportunity. Some kind of competitive something. Yeah, I'm not That's barely even a sentence. I just Shh. want to be sure you're aware of that. <laughs> um, when I was back in high school, and I had literally seen the movie the night before, and I never got to go to malls, and because I was oh, with, yeah. with a shit ton of girls, of course, we hit the mall before the competition, and I'm nice. still not saying what it was. And uh, <laughs> But I remember... Your guess is on a postcard, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember buying it, yeah, buying it on tape and just, yeah, wearing it out. And and I love, I just love watching a movie. And, and I'm, you know, I like scores, mm-hmm. but mainly I love just a well-crafted soundtrack where, yeah. you know, the, the different song choices are either, you know, reminiscent of something I love or, or just are such a wonderful journey through the movie. And I love finding music. I, I, I remember, uh, um, my goodness, what was it? It was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Uh, yes. Yes. Nightmare on Elm Street 4. When you start getting into lighter Nightmare on Elm Street, you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They kind of blur together. There was a Dramarama song, Anything, Anything, that I searched for years because I saw it. It was during the, <laughs> the We Have No Budget karate scene where he's... Um, okay. Getting his All ass right. handed to him by yeah. the Invisible Freddy because they didn't have the money. Because <laughs> I think the plan had been for something else, and he has an invisible uh, kung fu karate fight 
with an invisible Freddy. Sometimes running out of money can be the best thing for a scene. I know, but... Like, like but that opening scene in Equilibrium. Yeah, with the, the flashes of light because yeah. they didn't have any money. Any um, money for choreography, so they <laughs> just did it by, by muzzle light. flares, and it's just so amazing. You know? Yeah, and they would have never done it yeah. if they had enough money to do yeah. something that they thought of. But no, I, I searched, and the thing is, it's I, I saw some meme the other day where it was laughing about kids nowadays at the internet don't know the struggles that we had trying to find, you know, because they didn't have every soundtrack at every yeah. record store. And it was very difficult. You couldn't just go to IMDb and see what were the songs in the credits list, you know, and I never got to see things in the theater. So, you know, a lot of times you're on VHS, you're like, <laughs> depending on the quality of your television, what was the name of that? Oh my God, they're yeah. so tiny. I can't read them. <laughs> You don't really have that problem anymore. Not you're, anymore. You're I know, it's so funny. I've, I've had, you know, primarily the people that I have in my house are very used to the fact that I've got a theater screen in my very, very tiny house that exactly fills the room. I've exactly got enough room for yeah. my theater screen. And I've had a couple people Did come in. Did you make in. sure of that before you moved here? <laughs> I was, I actually, I did measure, yes. <laughs> it was not a defining, well, I knew one way or another. I knew if, if even if I had to foreshore things. Oh, that's you could have put it on the longer wall. Yeah. Then, yeah, okay. Yeah, and it, it would have just been a slightly more, diff, I mean, it would have happened. Yeah. One, one way or another, it was going to happen. Um, just so before I, I'm the person you're writing from, I'm sorry, I had to take out a wall. Yeah, and, uh, I have yeah. to have a theater screen. But I've had a couple of people that are new <laughs> to being in my home. And they walk in and they're like, oh. You know, I've gotten, well, you certainly know what you like doing. Yeah. Well, because to your right is the enormous theater screen, and then to the left of that <laughs> is a wall full of shelves of DVDs. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's not exactly... It's not a surprise. It's not a subtle thing about you. <laughs> You know, it's not going to take. If Sherlock Holmes walked in, you he's know, not going to really have to work exactly. really hard yeah. to discover yeah. what my interests are. <laughs> Watson would have to work hard to be impressed with him. Uh, yeah. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good heavens, Holmes! How did you seriously, uh, yeah. seriously, dude? <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, that is our theme. Um, uh, since, since you you mentioned you, you talked about a distinction between scores and soundtracks, and we're probably going to you know walk all over the gray area back and forth between that. But uh, if anybody out there is, is not familiar with this particular distinction, uh, a score is basically the, the, the instrumental themes that were written for the film specifically, uh, whereas, whereas the soundtrack is, is generally pre-existing songs. Mm -hmm. There are album releases of, of soundtracks that will have both selections from the score and the yeah. soundtrack, and yeah. it gets kind of vague very quickly, so... The only thing in stuff I don't like, I do not like soundtracks that are released where they have voiceover from the movie itself intermixed into the songs. I remember, because I don't particularly like Natural Born Killers. Oh, I need to add that to that list of movies that I don't like, but I like the soundtrack. Oh, okay. I really just don't like Oliver Stone. Right. That's like the one thing of his that I can think of that I know I do like. But uh, I do have issue with that soundtrack. There's a lot of voiceover yeah. in the soundtrack of, of scenes from the movie, and I'm like, I don't want to hear that <laughs> right now! It, 
You, you know how you are with, with like horror comedies and the you don't generally like them, but there's ones you saw years yeah. ago that yeah. are sort of grandfathered in. Mm-hmm. I'm that way with what you were just talking about. So there, there's oh. some soundtracks that have snippets of dialogue that I heard years ago, and I'm like, that, that's perfect. That's that just how that is. That is how it um, Like uh, the Reservoir Dogs Oh, uh, see, I forgive it in Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Which um, has an amazing soundtrack. Yeah. And I don't know that if you, you would ever have heard this on its own or not, but the, the Flash Gordon soundtrack... Well, it's it's all Queen. It is all Queen, yeah. But but the the, the album version has has bits of dialogue from, from the film. I don't know that I've, I've specifically. I, and, I know I have some. You know that I, I first heard when I was what nine, ten. I need to that. write that down of, of stuff I need to buy. <laughs> <laughs> and, but you know, part of it is because it's Flash Gordon. You know, the dialogue is just so fucking great yes. that that you know. So 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 when you've got snippets like it, you know, Hawkman saying, "Oh well." Who wants to live forever? Hawkman, dive! Yeah, as that theme starts up. It's, it's, yes! Yeah, you're like, how, how could you have that music without this? So, so, so yeah, in, in general, I agree with you, though. You know, yeah. if, I, if I hear a new soundtrack now, now you're like, oh, oh, no, that is kind of my, um, I'm going to wait to make uh, my complaints until um, <laughs> we're actively talking about, what have you seen recently? What have I seen recently? The, the, the main thing that um, I, my viewing time has been going on since the last time uh, we podcasted, is finishing watching Steven Universe. Mm. Uh, which, uh, for about literally the first dozen episodes or so, like, eh. and I'm like, okay, this is cute, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I don't really see why people... And, 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 the and, and then it kicks you in the feels junk. Yeah, by the end of it, I was <laughs> fucking obsessed. I've, I've had the point where, you know, I'm looking up fan theories on yeah. the internet. And, I, and I'm, I'm like, a half a season behind them. Yeah. Because they've, they've... Yeah, you need to I catch up not, so about. I, I know. <laughs> it's one of those things that I started watching with my daughter, and she's moved on to... She's all Star Wars all the time right now. Right. And so, anytime I suggest watching anything that isn't Rebels or the Star Wars movies, though, right. though, though we have mournful talks about why she can't watch the, the prequels, because they're horrible. Yeah. I bought her children's novelizations I, of them. I, I'm, t- I'm worried that if you did show her the prequels, the, the Child Protective Services would find <laughs> out. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was a little hesitant to, to even bring up that I've been watching Steven Universe on our horror podcast, but yeah, there are certain episodes that stray way, way far over into the edge of, oh, that shit ain't right. Yeah. Which, you know, not something I expected mm-hmm. going into. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing that I've seen recently that I can think of is uh, part of a movie. Okay. And that's uh, last night I tried watching Maps to the Stars. And I just, yeah, I, I just couldn't get into it. Yeah. I was willing to see it, you know, knowing I've nothing heard, about I've it other than that Cronenberg right. directed it. Yeah. I knew that it wasn't he's horror. Got, yeah, he's got a very different direction, though. But, but I was okay with that because yeah. neither was uh, Eastern Promises yeah. or A History of Violence, and those were both great films. Yeah. Uh, this was basically kind of like a dark satire of, of Hollywood, Hollywood, and yeah, I don't know. I guess I was hoping for something that felt more like Starry Eyes, <laughs> which is uh, awesome. <laughs> but this this just didn't grab me. You know, at about twenty five minutes into it, I'm like, wait a minute, do I care what happens to any of these characters? No, okay, no, okay. Yeah, so was- so I, I I did your trick uh, that you taught me of going and reading the Wikipedia. 
And the so, full plot yeah. description so, so that, that I wouldn't be like, well, but what happens? Yeah. You know. Or, you know, does this does the finalization interest me enough where I want to kind of suffer through it, it now? It interested me just enough that I may give it a second chance someday. I, I did read it thinking, well, that, that's... Yeah. <laughs> I did read it thinking, well, that, that's way more interesting than, than anything that's happened so far. Hmm. <laughs> um, Don't save it all up, though. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I didn't love it. So I had the entirety of last week off. Oh, there is, there is one thing I wanted to mention that, that, that charmed me and cracked me up early on. Is uh, Robert Pattinson is playing a uh, taxi driver. Oh, yeah? And who, who's, who's, you know, fair asks him, have you, ever, have you had any celebrities, you know, in your cab? And one of the ones that he mentions is Taylor Lautner. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was very cute. <laughs> So I I had the entirety of last week off, and I the the night before my surgery, I I pulled out this huge stack of like stuff. these are the movies I'm going to watch. These are the things I'm going to watch. Yeah. These are either comfort movies or these are things that I've been looking forward to watching. I did not. I <laughs> I watched nothing. <laughs> and handsome boyfriend Jim stayed with me the first two days after, and actually took me to the surgery and brought me home and. I'm like, here's the stuff we're going to watch. He's like, that's, that's nice, honey. You go ahead and as you fall over in a drugged haze. Yep. And um, it is the first time I've gone and had a surgery at like a really, really big hospital where if it's a day surgery, they kind of have this huge room with little shitty hospital lazy boys. They're just nasty and like, yeah. not comfortable in any way because I think they don't want you to stay which was completely part of the reason why I left as early as I did. Is I'm like, this is awful. And they're all like have little curtains around them. So you could be in like a near state of undress or, you know, I mean, really awful. And they'll just shut the curtain around you. It's okay. Yeah, we'll you're fine. This. You're yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. And so they had me in there and, uh, and then they get me right out. And it's like, <laughs> you know, I'd been in that room for like 15 minutes. They're like, sure, are you okay to go home? And I'm like, this is horrible. And I was nauseous. <laughs> I was put under and I'm like, sure, I'll go home. <laughs> and I got home and I was like, okay, let's watch a movie. And, and Jim's just like, sure, honey. As he's like throwing in destiny into like the Xbox player. He's like, sure, we're going to watch a movie. movie. Yeah, we're watching. Look at him putting this in the machine right this now. Called destiny. destiny. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, I don't really sleep right now. I'll just sleep. <laughs> and literally I would wake up like every hour and a half going, I should really get up. He's like, sure, yeah, you should completely get up. Here's a pain pill. <laughs> and good night. <laughs> and it just like 12 hours passed. <laughs> you know, and, and the thing is, it's like, I, you know, I managed to text people and let, let them know I, I'd gone okay. Yeah. I texted some before Which I talked up. I hadn't told my little sister I was having a surgery, so oh, she, gets, huh. she gets a text going, the surgery went fine. fine. Oh, my God. You're, yeah, you're horrible. I am horrible, horrible sibling. I'm trying to imagine if my sister did that to me. I would fucking. <laughs> so, uh, I'm like, your next surgery is not going to go nearly so well. <laughs> <laughs> so what I did watch is uh, the Friday before last. Um, we because uh, I didn't have a, a movie last Friday. Um, my best friend is a vampire. Oh yeah, which is yeah we haven't so talked about that yet. 80s. It was and so I good. I loved it so much, and it's actually for like the love of the concepts they covered. They don't handle any of them in an eighties way. They not really them in a really progressive, yeah. healthy way. Yeah, and 
Yeah, and it was still just in David Warner. <laughs> it's so wonderful. And Renee Aubergeois was just wonderful as the... Oh, absolutely. It was just, no, it was just fun. Just so much fun. Yeah, it, it, it was really good. Uh, it was, it it was, was clever, and, and I liked yeah, the dialogue. Yeah, and uh, the, the love interest, who they have her be like the homely girl, because she's got a short haircut, and is all gangly, and we're all like, she's hot! Why is he interested? Because she's hot. Yeah, that was... She, <laughs> if she's supposed to be not that attractive, they miscast but, her yeah, horribly. Wrong! But, yeah, it was one of those movies that I remember loving as a teen. And I was actually really nervous. It was like when your friend had you watch that movie, saying, please watch oh, this yeah. and let me know if it's yeah. okay for me to rewatch. You just remember. <laughs> but don't worry just, just remember what it was like. like yeah. But it was so much fun. Um... Oh, that, that's what else we saw. Yes. It is while you were covering, you and I watched um, Night of the Creeps. Night again. of the Creeps, which is still so good. Yeah. I always forget that's as good Tom as Tom Atkins, man, I, it is Tom Atkins' <laughs> best. He's so kick ass. Throw me. I know. Thrill me. <laughs> so, answer to everything now. Yep. Thrill me. Yeah, I, I still need to change my outgoing voicemail message. Thrill me. <laughs> You know, I always remember that I like it. You know, when I think of it, I think very fondly of yeah. it. But, but I always forget that, that it act, actually objectively has good qualities. Yeah. Not just you remember it fondly, but no, it's a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I talked about... I'm, I'm like mixing up when my timeline is. Uh, one that I want... Cause, because we sat and talked, just like we're doing right now, right. last Wednesday. So I'm like, did I tell Did, did I tell them? Making my expensive hand gesture. Hey, Can I talk to you? If, about if, this? if you were my boss right now, you'd be talking about where we are in the stream of time. <laughs> she says that all, all the time. Every time she says that, I think like sometimes. All right, is it different for you? Yeah. <laughs> Every time she says that, I picture like the TARDIS in the time vortex, you know, <laughs> spinning along. I watched Predators, which Predators, is the Rodriguez yes. um, most recent Predators movie, I think. Yeah, most recent one done. And it's fun. I don't. I, I somehow I, missed it coming out. It has Adrian Brody in it. And Adrian Brody, action hero. Action hero, which is weird because, and he actually put on quite a bit of muscle. He did, yeah. and, and he did the the you know brooding and um, and he did that well. Yeah, he did actually. And I think, but I think if they'd have cast anyone else and had it be too close to what we're familiar, because the movie is an absolute love song. To the original. Oh, it, it totally is, yeah. And, and to the, the vein of it and the style and, and mm-hmm. the characterizations of people. Uh, a really great point that Jim made is um, the uh, the scene in the very first movie where it had the Native American one where all you see him is do the cut across his chest and, and then... And then it pans away or something, and all you hear is like a scream or something, and you're left to imagine what that fight was. Uh-huh. That is the fight that they have with the, is it Yakuza fighter? I, I don't remember. Um, they have like a Japanese gangster style, and, and, and okay. they they have this big scene, and it, he's fairly silent, you know, and then he goes... He's like Rodriguez. You could tell that he. This is that. This is an homage right. to that exact moment in the film. And he was like, "What if we'd gotten to see it?" Yeah, and it completely is. And it, but it cool. was fun. And it, you know, I mean, it didn't think too hard. But you know, the I didn't movies, expect it to. No, yeah. but but it was really fun. And and there were a lot of people on the internet who just shit all over it, and I don't understand. Yeah, what 
they were. What what kind of apex were you hoping for it to hit? Yeah, and and I mean, the the other thing that that I really liked about it is that it was set on an alien planet. Yes, you know, and that right there is set apart from anything else. You know, when they cross the field and look up and you're realizing, Dorothy, we are not in Kansas. Yeah, seriously. That's a wonderful moment. Seriously, it is. And uh, there was, so, um, there was a little bit of me watching, um, I, I wanted comfort food, because I, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of it was rewatching stuff that I'd already seen. I rewatched Let Us Pray again, finally showed it to Jim, who didn't love it as much as I did. Um, but, you know, that movie had a very special so you're you're breaking Maybe. up with it, right? I, I can't date him anymore. Yeah, I figured that was Only going to use it for sex. Okay, um, fair enough. But no, um, you know. But the thing is, is that movie held it, it held a very specific meaning for me last year. Oh, something yeah. that I really, really needed. And uh, in that, so same you had exactly thing, the receptors for. Yeah, it, yeah, which, it was exactly yeah. what I needed. and It did yeah. it perfectly. Um, and actually, he did have one really wonderful point because he did like it. Okay, good. But right. his complaint was um, he wished, and, and I do want, I still want to see the movie, um, and I can't remember the name of it, the Rollins movie that just came out where it yeah. has him as Kane. I want to see that too. Because um, that was Jim's complaint, was a wish that his character in Let Us Pray had been presented less as a devil and more as like a Kane right. where he'd seen a lot of things and been a part of a lot of evil and thus wanted this you know, he's like, I wish they'd have kind of actively bent it a little story a little sure. bit more that way. I would have enjoyed it more. You know, I just realized, you know, judging this movie purely on having seen one trailer for it, but whatever this the Rollins film is called, uh, I, I just realized what it reminds me of <laughs> in tone. Is it reminds me of uh, uh, Richard Cadry's Sandman Slim novels? Never like seen, a, never, or never. Um, the, the premise in the first one is, is you, you, you've got this guy who... You know, he and his buddies were, were, were into black magic when he was in his mid to late 20s. And one of them double-crossed him and ended up basically just tossing him bodily into hell. Where he was, you know, a tremendous novelty. You know, a living oh, person, yeah. you know, in hell. And so they, they put him in the gladiatorial games. And that's what he's been doing for the past however many years it's been Ooh. since then. <laughs> and he's now finally fought his way out and is coming for the, the guy, guy who did this to him. Oh, that, that, wow. That's the setup of the first book. And they're kind of great. They've got a good sense cool. of humor to them. I have to look into them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've meant to, to recommend them and kept forgetting. Nice. Well, I will look into them now. Um, kind of in that same uh, unapologetically female, um, I watched uh, Ex Machina, which you yes. had talked about before and you'd seen it and really liked it. Uh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I had written a, a kind of a feminist write-up on uh, on the movie itself. Taking it from really enjoying it to like, oh my fucking god, I love it, now I have to buy it. <laughs> um, it's got um, Oscar Isaac, and I forget the... Is and it Scottish? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, it's... it's it, well, honestly, it, I was like, Cone hooks. So yeah. like, I mean, because the thing is, it's been recommended by a bunch of different people, and do, uh, and do, do you see the meme of um, uh, Finn holding on to to, to Poe's shoulders with the, the text of "This is the only time a black man is going to be holding an Oscar this year." Oh, <laughs> oh damn it! All. Shots fired. Yeah, but I 
I loved that movie. And, and now having, I mean, cause the thing is, is I was, it's, it's, it's got a, a fairly dire ending and, uh, that I loved and it, yeah. in the same way of, you know, let us pray is that's, that's kind of a hard ass ending. You know, is it a celebratory hard ass ending? Absolutely. <laughs> it's a happy triumphant ending. <laughs> yeah. If, if you want to look at it from a certain perspective. And, and I'm all for it. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and the thing is, is that's the same way with ex machina is it's, it's kind of a kick to the Jimmy. You're like, oh, and like part of me is like looking at it now. I mean, and at the time, I'm like, I am perfectly okay with this. Yeah. And and now, after even a little more thought on it, because um, I mean, just watching it on my own, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. That's that's mm-hmm. perfectly acceptable. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, yeah, yes, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Yeah. Make make the abuser and the nice guy like fuck them both. Mm-hmm. Um, in uh, comfort, um, I we, we already talked about Night of the Creeps. Watch Demon Knight, Billy Zane and his Billy Zaneus. <laughs> um, and uh, it was just an, actually a, a movie that uh, Jim had thrown out as having a great right. soundtrack. It's not a soundtrack that terribly appeals to me. It, that that flavor of eighties, um, or not eighties nineties, is not is not one that. Is great. The only thing that I remember loving in the soundtrack is right at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, that that using "Hey Man, My Shot" as that slow car chase. Yeah. Worked really, really well to the point where I can't hear that song now without thinking of that scene. Can I tell you? But then you there's that nothing else musically that really stuck out in my head after that point. Nineties. Yeah. Nineties. You know. Yeah. It won. It won my bag. <laughs> Uh, and I also watched a completely not horror because um, the the second night after my surgery, I was like, I really need like comfort movie to end all comfort movies, and like epic comfort movie that's not horror is Born Yesterday um, with Judy Holiday. Um, and uh, it's, I'm it's, gonna stare at you blankly. It, it is a 1950. Know. It is it it is the only Pygmalion story that I like. Oh, okay. Where he's because he really. Educates her only to better her for herself, and it does have um, a, a love, but because it's because she chooses it, not because he's bettering her for him. Right. Um, and does that mean you don't like my fair lady? I fucking hate my fair lady. Wow. Okay. I this literally has never come up before. Yeah. Oh, when he asks for slippers at the end, like I wanted to come up over. I I wanted. I wanted. Oh. Oh, wow. okay. the, the ire that, like, I was like, fuck you. I guess I'm not remembering. And the horse you rode in on. Okay. Oh, it made me angry. Fair enough. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's... I mainly... Re- I, I saw it years and years ago, and I mainly remember points of the film where he's gradually realizing that he's not treating her well, but apparently that, that's not how it ends up. <laughs> it didn't feel like it to me. But, no, it, but it, you know... Okay. <laughs> Um, but so so no, this is a version of of, of the Pygmalion that I love. That you actually love. I love, I okay. love it. And Judy Holiday's just funny. She's this uh, brassy blonde actress who was just fucking smart as hell and uh, ended up passing away, I believe, to I know it was to cancer. I don't remember what variant of cancer, but she was like literally working and putting up on, putting a smiley face on and showing up to work like oh, up until yeah. like she died. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, it's just... Like, like, uh, like Bill Hicks. Yeah. You know, he didn't tell anybody, yeah. literally nobody yeah. knew that he had cancer. 
Yeah, so soundtracks. Soundtracks and scores. Um, So, yeah, I just, I, you know, I... I love disco- discovering movies, uh, discovering music via movies, and I love oh, yeah. buying soundtracks. I, you know, one of the things I collect is uh, my, you know, my favorite movie soundtracks on vinyl, and for years I've used them as art. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't have as many of them out as I as I could. You right. know, I just haven't gotten them all up, but um, you know, I just and to me they just capture times, and I think I just remember like. Listening to like the Lost Boys over and over and over again. Yeah. Speaking of you know movie soundtracks that are wonderful that have outlasted you know the quality of the movie itself. Yeah. Um, and because... there's a couple of and they, and on top of it, I, I think I I had started the story of uh, there's a couple of movies where I'm like I fucking hate this movie. I don't enjoy this, and I turned the movie off, but I still went and bought the soundtrack because I'm like this is the best part of the movie. Oh um, really? The Maniac. Oh, right, yes. Which I don't, yeah, I still the, don't think you've seen. I still have not seen it. The, 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 the recent remake, right? Yeah, and it's done from the killer POV, where yeah. it's all from Elijah Wood's standpoint. But I was like... Even so looking like up first... at everything, basically? <laughs> <laughs> from Hobbit Heights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my two jokes about myself is, you know, I'm, I'm short and Hobbit-sized, and my other is I can't reach anything with my tiny little T-Rex arms. Yes. So apparently I'm... Yeah, I'm not going to continue that. You're you're fun-sized. Yes, I am (laughs) fun-sized. So, you know, what are the ones that you really... So I'm just going to throw that. Soundtracks to movies I don't really enjoy. I I loved uh, the Natural Born Killer soundtrack. Um, Loved the Maniac soundtrack. And the Hacker soundtrack is really good. I I never really loved Hacker so much. It's not horror, but... Yeah. Um, I... I completely love Hackers, but I'm more, way more the target audience yeah. than you were. I refer to that as a very stupid movie made by very smart people. Because mm-hmm. with a lot of the references they're tossing out, it's clear that they did the research mm-hmm. into, you know, how the subculture actually works. Yeah. And, and they were like, yeah, okay, that's cool. We're, <laughs> we're, we're going to do it this way for the yeah. movie because that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, it does have a it does have a great soundtrack. If we're talking about uh, soundtracks we love to, to movies we don't like, I have to I, I have to just completely nail that one and go for Suspiria, yeah. which has an amazing soundtrack. Yeah. And I, I is that Goblin uh, again? That is Goblin. Yeah. yeah, I think it's uh, Profundo Rosso, uh, Deep Red. Uh, I, I found out while researching this that. He had someone else working on the soundtrack and didn't like it, and at the very last minute approached Goblin and told him, okay, if you can write the score for this in one night and record it the next day, then we're good to go. And that's what they did. And it, it's one of their most well-loved soundtracks that they did for any of his films. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, let me see what else. Uh, I no longer love The Crow quite as much as I did. Yeah. But... It has a pretty fantastic soundtrack. I never. I'm. I'm one of the weird. Yeah, you never loved it. I never loved the the crow, and it just something about it just hit me wrong. And and uh, again, it's that it's that nineties. Yeah, uh, there was. I'm I'm very particular about the nineties music I like, and that wouldn't. It wasn't mine. Oh well, here here's a nineties one that I know we've mentioned before that that we that we brought it because of one song, and that's um, Stigmata. Oh, the Stigmata soundtrack. Yeah. I completely forgot to write that one down. <laughs> that is literally one of my favorites. I still listen to that 
Really? I, I don't... I, I'm going to have to give it a listen. The only thing that I remember off of it is that one Chumbawamba song. That song is really, really that, good. If there were any justice in the world, that was the song that they would, would have been known the for. Famous, it's not. Instead of Tub Thumping. Yeah. Which, you know. Is, yeah. Uh, is, which is a thing. <laughs> watching now, but I liked it at the time. I really liked it, but I but at the same time I didn't think it was good even while I was watching it because it's yeah. it's very glossy and stylish and very yeah. surfacy. I didn't yeah. think that it had a lot of substance. I had a lot of fondness for Gabriel Byrne and I really liked Patricia Arquette, which reminds me when I brought up the Linguini incident, isn't um Patricia Arquette it was Roxanne Arquette. Nobody really oh, cares. Okay. Me. <laughs> it's a David Bowie movie that is impossible to find now. Right. So, and I'm probably, you know, one of the oh, people that watched it. If I could remember what movie it was we were talking about, this would actually matter. <laughs> but as it is, noise is just going to come out of my head and you get to smile and nod. <laughs> uh, there was some movie that, that we talked about during the last podcast that you were talking about it being impossible to find. Uh-huh. And I said that I bet Scarecrow would probably have it. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, probably. Well, I can confirm that whatever movie it was, <laughs> they yes, have they it. do. Because they have everything. Because, because I, I, it doesn't matter what the movie well, was. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter what the movie was. But back when I did remember what the movie was, <laughs> I checked the next time I was at Scarecrow, and, and they, they have it. Because yeah. that should be your answer to, is that movie available? They have it at Scarecrow. Yeah. So you should go there and give them money and rent movies. Definitely. Or even just give them money. <laughs> they, they, yeah. They, they were happy with that, too. <laughs> um, Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Well, with Hellraiser, which soundtrack are we talking about? Because yeah, like, this is the, the thing that, that I think is really interesting. Um, <laughs> I like the one that actually got used. Oh. Yeah, but I'm also fond of the Coil soundtrack. Oh. You know, do you know about no. this? Nope. You didn't know about this. Yeah, the, 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 the industrial band, Coil. Mm-hmm. That's who was originally doing the soundtrack for it until the studio got nervous and decided they wanted a more nice. conventional score. <laughs> you should you should look for this online. I know I some of the tracks from it at least are, are on YouTube. Yeah. experience. I really like what they did. But on the other hand, I'm happy with the soundtrack we got. Mm-hmm. Uh, one scene that I can think of in particular that I love is the scene up in the attic where Frank's body is, is regenerating. Yeah.
think practically any other composer might have treated that as, oh, this is a horror moment, you know, because scary, icky, gooky things are happening on the screen. But he treats it as something magical and amazing. And, yeah, it, it just really makes that scene. Yeah. I mean, the effects in that scene are, are outstanding to begin with, even with how simple they are, but but the, that music is really what there's, just elevates it. And, and it, it, there's so many things in, in Hellraiser where it is not treated the way it, 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 in, in a traditional horror sense. Yeah. You know, the, the love that she has, or, you know, if it's love or if it's lust, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, in no other movie are they going to have him so, you know, <laughs> granularly coming back to life and so viscous and yeah. have him be a sexual love interest because she doesn't care. Yeah, no, She will she take him however, he, you know, she can have him. And and she will do anything. And, and that's not an approach that you, you know, I remember ever seeing of that, of, of it having, instead of inspiring horror of just, you know, thank God I'll take you how you are. And, yeah. and yeah, that's awesome. Well, one of the other things that um, fascinates me about Hellraiser that I noticed years ago is it, it, it literally inverts the way horror movies often treat this. In, in a lot of horror movies, down is bad and up is good. You know what I mean? Like, like the creature is lurking down in the basement or down in the cellar. But but yeah. not in Hellraiser. Yeah. It, 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 every time in that, you know, that the camera trying to pan upwards towards oh, that attic. Oh yeah. That means badness. That's where yeah. bad things lurk. <laughs> is is up is above you, and that's yeah. just such. That's really interesting to me. I, I can't think of anything else that has quite done that. Yeah, I want to. I want to circle around and, and and just basically start with. Although we already started. Uh, <laughs> my, maybe a better way to put that is my list starts with. A, a, a handful of films that I kind of consider like the, the canon of yeah. horror movie soundtracks, which starts with Psycho. Yeah. That's really basically the, the film that we can point back to in, in terms of... And use. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, the idea of having just I dissonant I music. I haven't shown that yet for a while. No, you haven't. Be funny. Yeah, yeah, you should watch that. But, you know, horror movies to this day will use just really dissonant sounds. Mm-hmm. To, to create unease, and I think really all of that just comes back to, yeah. to to Psycho. As so many things do. Yeah. It's one that I never think of when I think of my favorite horror movies, because it's just so massive and influential. Yeah. That, that it, it is the foundation I, on which yeah, other things are built. I, I, I can't see the, that, that, that forest because I'm too close to the trees. Mm-hmm. Along similar lines, uh, The Exorcist, even though it, yeah. it, and it gets really used over- a lot of like classical... Yeah. And it gets really overshadowed by tubular bells, but a yeah. lot of the other stuff. Like I was listening to the uh, in Egypt portion um, just the other day, and oh yeah, uh, and and there's just a lot of really interesting pieces in it that are all really really good. But yeah, I mean, you, but it's also become very iconic. It, it absolutely has, yeah, and and that's that's what I was thinking of for this this first section on my list here, and and the the next four definitely are like ones that. You only have to think of a tiny little bit of the theme, and and you're you're put back in the movie like Jaws. Yeah, Jaws you can recognize in two notes. Yeah, you you can't get more more iconic than that in, in terms of, uh, of a horror movie soundtrack. 
uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't yeah. think it would be nearly as fondly remembered, and I don't think it would have as many sequels as it did if it hadn't been for the use of music. Yeah, the, the music. I mean, it just makes you so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of Pavlovian, and, and the, I'm going to be scared now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I, I, I want to go completely film nerd on this for a second um, and talk about uh, diegetic versus non-diegetic music. And I've heard the term before and I've heard the definition before and it's and you always forget escaping which, my... Yeah. yeah. Diegetic sound or music is something that's actually supposed to be happening within the movie. Okay. You know, something that the characters can hear. Okay. Um, whereas, you know, most uh, soundtrack and score music is, is, is non-diegetic. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, 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 it's strictly audience. for the audience. Yeah, and the reason I wanted to bring it up when we were talking about uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street is that the way the playground chant about Freddy, you know, echoes the main theme of the music, blurs that line between diegetic and non-diegetic music, which is perfect for a film that's blurring the distinction between dreaming and reality. Very much so, and I'm. Com- this, this has nothing to do with what you're talking about, but we had spoken earlier <laughs> about how certain songs now have become about that moment. Oh yeah, yeah. Guess what I heard in Value Village as I was shopping and started tearing up. Oh, that probably be Betty, Betty Davis, Davis eyes. eyes. Oh <laughs> my damn it! I because can't... of the fucking Final Girl. Oh my god, that move, that that song, that song. Now, if, the rest if, of my if, life. if you're listening to this and you don't understand why we cry when we hear that, that song, you haven't seen the movie. Because yeah. you, you it look- skirts this wonderful line of, of, of a little bit of horror and a little bit of comedy and a whole bunch of fun. And it is a beautiful homage to the original slasher movies. And it's just joyful. It is joyful. It's a lot of fun. If, if you want your movies to be really, really highbrow, and and there is a place for that. Yeah, this is not. This is not. It is clever, though. It is clever. It's it's it is a fun fun ride. You mentioned Starry Eyes. Yeah, the music um, in Starry Eyes, and if I'm not mistaken, the the people who did the movie uh, the music for Starry Eyes are also the people who did the music for um, Room Two Thirty Seven. Oh, really? I think okay. I think I could be full of shit. I have that, that's entirely Strong. plausible. Yeah. <laughs> That, that whole, like, music box, mm-hmm. um, that, that, because it was the theme in Starry Eyes through the whole thing. I'm right. just loving that. And I remember loving, even another in, in movies I didn't like in initial watching, never really enjoying the music in Room 237, because they had different themes for oh, every yeah. theory. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting that. But Starry Eyes had this beautiful music box moment that it was so disconcerting uh, because everything was so, I think there was just such a, a, a body horror. And then it yeah. would have this beautiful, um, uh, which reminded me because I'm, I'm so broke right now and I completely shouldn't have bought anything, <laughs> but I was thinking about things that I love and I bought the Candyman soundtrack, oh, yeah. which is one of my favorites for scores. Mm-hmm. 
And, that's a full uh, blast. Right? Yeah. That's not who I would think of to get no. for, to do a horror movie soundtrack. No, but, it, but, but, it's, it, but it's one of those that's become really iconic. And yeah. for a long time, I, I used to love, I had uh, the Candyman theme as, uh, yeah, and I had that uh, as my ringtone. But it hit, it, it was this level of the notes I never hear my phone. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> when I would hear it, I'd be like, oh, I, lo- oh, I love that. <laughs> I never heard it to go, oh, I love that. I'd be like, fuck, I missed Gertie's cold. See, see that, that, that's why I have the theme from Halloween as yes, my ringtone, because that will yeah. get my fucking attention. Because <laughs> I'm about to get fucking stabbed. <laughs> yes. I actually have that for one. Gosh, what do I have right now? No, my uh, my my text tone is uh, is Beetlejuice. I know for a while you had uh, one missed call ringtone. You know what that might still be. What I think it probably is. <laughs> um, but, Speaking of kind of music box, like but creepy, and, and one missed call. Mm-hmm. That, that theme is is wonderful. Definitely. Uh, since since I brought up Halloween, that was one of the ones that I was, was declaring canonical. Did I mention The Shining? Uh, you haven't. Okay, I'm just going to throw it out there really, really quickly because I mentioned Room 237, which has its own really interesting soundtrack, or score, more right. so, throughout The Shining, too. I actually have a, Kur- a Kubrick uh, um, that is all of his themes from a lot of his different oh, movies. Oh, nice. Okay. That's really interesting, but you were going to say I'm sorry. It's, well, it's, it's, since you brought it up, I, I was looking, of course, at, at a bunch of other people's lists of what they consider mm-hmm. you know, best horror movie soundtracks. Um, partly to get reminded of a few, few things that I've forgotten, and, and largely like, you people are wrong. Our opinions are correct. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but several people mentioned The Shining, and, and while I have to admit that the music in it is, is very, very effective, I don't find it very memorable. You, But when you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And and there's a, a very much a theme, like with Carpenter, where it definitely wears that stamp that you know that this is a Carpenter yeah. piece that um, a lot of Kubrick's music that he used, the orchestration that he would use with the scores, um, it it really carried that flavor through a lot. I mean, the one of the things that I have has stuff from um, Doctor Strange, Love to the Shining, to mm-hmm. um, Eyes Wide Shut, and a lot of these different themes. Versus having just a specific score, it just has all these little pieces. But when you hear them, you're like, yeah, right? Yeah, huh. yeah. I, I'm gonna have to listen to that. The, my, the, the last one in my canon here is uh, Friday the 13th. Yeah. There's another one where just, you know, you hear just a few notes from it and mm-hmm. you are transported to it. That, that's one of the things that I just absolutely love. I, I, I knew right away that I was going to like Freddy vs. Jason because it used elements from both of their themes yeah. in the opening. I was like, okay, you know, yeah. I, I have to say that. But, uh, yeah, that Halloween soundtrack. I, I've talked before many times that the, the first time I saw Halloween, I didn't really care for it mm-hmm. uh, because I'd seen too many things that, that imitated it and yeah. completely blunted the impact of it. But that theme music is is terrifying in and of itself. It, it, it just really perfectly encapsulates the film because it feels relentless in in the same way that Michael Myers himself is. Yeah. You know. And that it's the shape. That it's yeah. just, that you can't yes. reason, you can't, there's nothing. It's just, mm-hmm. it's going to keep coming like the tide.
Yeah. And one of the things that makes me really happy now, have you heard that uh, John Carpenter has been touring? Yes. And doing... There's a U.S. Stuff? date now. Yeah, because for a while it was just like, I, there's like an Icelandic date or something. Sure. And the thing is, with John Carpenter, is he is the curmudgeon. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and he's the curmudgeon who doesn't seem to love his horror anymore. He doesn't... I listened to Killer POV, a really wonderful LA-based uh, podcast. One of the guys, Rob G, was like, "Don't tell him I'm with Fangoria." Like, <laughs> he was doing something with Fangoria. He's right. like, "Don't tell him that I'm with Fangoria because if you just introduce me as, oh, this is you know, and and oh, well, great, I'd love to talk to you, and and if you say no, I'm with Fangoria or this with horror, he'll be like." Phew. And he'll just walk away because he's just a fucking asshole. And he doesn't do anything he doesn't want to do anymore. So I yeah. love the fact that he still loves the music that he did. Yes. Because that was what his first love, I think, is what he went to college for was like was was music. And, and it's obviously what he truly loves and so gets enjoyment from. And I, I love that he's still doing that. Well, I, I'm sure one of the things that, that burned him out on, on horror, or at least burned him out on horror fans, is never was, was, was uh, to do anything new. Yeah. With, with, you don't want me to do anything yeah. new. Yeah. You want me to, to turn out a sequel that's just like you remember the original being. Well, there you go. Yeah. There it is. I, I, I mean, you can definitely tell that that was his attitude here's, making a stick from L.A. Yeah. Here's my Xerox copy of my shit that I took last week. Yep. There you go. Enjoy. Happy? Enjoy. Yep. Yeah. Give me my money. Thanks. <laughs> you know, how very Harrison Ford, you know, did you feel a sense of nostalgia? No, I didn't. Did you? No, no. We were crumbling with nostalgia. No, I got paid. I got paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But one of my favorite things that, that I heard uh, about Harrison Ford from, from uh, May of Force Awakens is that Oscar Isaac went to him uh, saying, okay, well, you know, I, I understand you, you, you actually are a pilot, you know, so, so can you give me any pointers really on, on, on what, you know, that, that kind of feels like and what, 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 that, what, what of that experience you bring with you to, you know, and um, Harrison was like, okay. First, this is in space. Second, it's pretend. So none of it matters. <laughs> I know. It's just, wow. There are, there are people in the world who are less curmudgeon-y, thanks to John Carpenter and, and Harrison. Like they, they're like, they're, they are for curmudgeonness and, 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 and grumpy old man, what Keith Richards is for <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Uh, since we're talking about Carpenter, I'm going to uh, bring up a Carpenter film, but it's not a Carpenter soundtrack, and that's The Thing. Oh, I know. Ennio McConey, right? Mm-hmm. And I read something about that today. Somebody pointed out something about it that I was like, oh, that's fucking brilliant. And I would love to claim this as my own insight, but, you know, honesty forbids. Um, the way Ennio uh, Morricone was kind of imitating John Carpenter's, you know, style to make that, that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. How perfect is that for a movie that's about imitation and about ah, appearances that you can't trust? Yeah. And sticking in that exact same vein, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, another movie with an awesome fucking soundtrack is A Girl Who Walks Home Alone at Night. Oh my god, I can't believe I didn't have that on my list. Uh, and and my favorite quote is from the, the writer and filmmaker herself, where she said, it's like Sergio Leone and David Lynch had an Iranian rock and roll baby, and then Nasrani came and babysat for them. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. I know. I know. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, and speaking of, it has an awesome soundtrack because it is, you know, it is literally a Western, a vampire Western, yeah. which is wonderful. <laughs> Two things I love, but in this, this soundtrack that's almost, you know, this, like, via spaghetti western, via Iran, <laughs> via, like, weird Portland bands. I mean, I yeah. not only did I end up, you know, recreating the soundtrack, but to oh, yeah, because the you artist, it before it got before released. It got released <laughs> um, I recreated the soundtrack and then fell so in love with, like, two of the artists that I ended up buying their complete albums. Like, I mean, it just led to me loving I, I, I know one of them of has to be the band that did the song Death. Uh, no, I didn't. No, I never bought their albums. Oh, I just okay. loved that song. Okay. But it was uh, two of the artists that did kind of the, there was, there was a Portland band that did the kind of everything. It had that kind of Sergio Lone kind of feel to it. Uh-huh. Like, they had a whole album, and it was just wonderful. Oh. Uh, but speaking of movies like that, where um, I went out and saw the movie, was it's situations where we saw things like pre-release because we just got you know the, yeah. those pre-screeners or not pre-screeners, but um, just you know uh, uh, yeah, and have previews, previews, um, and uh, we saw that we saw a girl walks home alone at night when it was still doing that really limited. Yeah, I, was it was it part of SIF? When we I saw think it? so. We saw it at a SIF theater. Yeah. So, but the one that I was thinking of, where I had to again fake the soundtrack because uh, I knew it was coming out like in a month, was the guest. Oh yeah, the soundtrack to the guest is insane, except for that one damn song that I don't like. <laughs> but I, but but it's part of the ride, it, and it's perfect it's for the scene. In that scene. I will completely yes, give you that yes. great for that scene. <laughs> When I hear it on the soundtrack now, I I, 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 I picture that that expression on his face as he tosses the the grenades. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, it's so good. Um, And in stuff like that where the the soundtrack just mesmerized me. And again, had no way this one I didn't have to build it. But the music they, they used in the battery. Oh, I don't remember the music. Oh, uh-huh. there was a couple, there was that, um, the song that he sings when he's getting really drunk and then he shuts the zombie in the room with him. You could take oh. all bones. They can take our bones and bury them deep under the river, but we'll still be together and we cannot be defeated. They can take our trombones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there was some great music in that. And then yeah. they had, they did a beautiful. They um, he got a cover of um, uh, the Johnny Cash um, "Ain't No Grave" because he didn't get do his Cash's version because right. they had no money. Yeah, but he he had so a they guy that the they had cash. him do a cover because he's dead. They didn't have the cash to so use cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> bam. Um, but basically they had a couple of local bands that he just fucking loved and he just, he went up to them with hat in hand and said, can I please use your music? And they're like, eh, sure. Yeah. You know, and, and I, there was a couple, there was like this one kind of trippy, kind of trip hoppy song, electronic one that I really liked. Um, just a bunch of songs that I really, really enjoyed. And, um, they, they made the movie. Uh, so Yeah. Well, if we want to talk about um, the, the guest soundtrack, then we also have to talk about Your Next, made by the same people. 
Which is really only that one song, like three different ways. Yeah, but, but that song. But well, like, well, think, there's a, there's also you know moments of just really just pure synth score. Yeah. Like like towards the end, the scene where the flashbulbs has yeah a great music and. But uh, but basically, the three different ver- is is like three different versions of that song yeah. done in slightly different styles. It's mm-hmm. still a song. And what kills me is they didn't use, they used a Perfect Day, Lou Reed, in, in the, I felt like not using the song. Oh, in the trailers. In the trailer. Yeah. It was just weird. And it was just, again, in that they completely ruined the, the, yeah, the, the selling just of that movie not, yeah, was just, no. was poorly done. Um, so do, do you know why they had more than one version of, um, no. What, what, what the hell is the name? Something oh, looking, magic. Look, looking for the magic. Looking for the magic, yeah. Um, God, I listened to that song. Like, literally, I had that on repeat for so long after we saw that movie. This, this, this is a great story. I love this story. Um, they, they found this song because they, they wanted something, you know, kind of 70s that wasn't a big hit, but that it would sound familiar to mm-hmm. you. You know, it would sound like, well... Is this some song that I'm just not remembering? Uh-huh. Uh, and, 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 you know, they listened to a bunch of music, and they found this, and I'm like, this, this is perfect. Oh, mercy. Can we use this song? And I was like, sure, absolutely. And his wife was like, wait, 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 wait a minute. How much money are you offering? <laughs> and so they, they, they went through this tense negotiation uh, with the guy's wife. Because, <laughs> yeah. Because um, somebody's an artist and somebody has, you know, yeah. the like. And, 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 and here, here's the line from this that I love. Apparently she, she told him at one point, you're looking for the magic, but you can't afford the magic. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, it was getting down to the wire, and they're like, we, "We really love this this fucking song, but it looks like we're not going to be able to to, to get us." So that was when they had a cover, yeah, made of it. And then, oh yeah, okay, you can you can have the rights to it. Like, well, but we already had the cover made, but we definitely want to use the word. Fuck it, we'll use them both. Yeah, <laughs> that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I mentioned, let's see, I mentioned Candyman, um, The Wicker Man. So much of that movie is made by the music they use. It is. I just don't like any of it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. Um, Stuff that I want to mention that's kind of more in the vein of um, scores that I love and, and, and put me in the thought of, of the movie that I'm listening to, uh, it follows. Yes. Absolutely. Um, That's probably the best horror, horror soundtrack in years. Yes. Uh, and kind of in that same vein is uh, the soundtrack to Crimson Peak with its score. Oh, yeah. And then uh, not in movie, but in television, uh, Penny Dreadful's music is amazing. Which uh, you, Have you still seen one episode? Um, no, no, I've now seen twice that. You've seen two episodes. I've seen two episodes. 
and you liked them they, they both. They were both great, yeah. I know, so, I'm, I'm sitting on season, I watched like three or four episodes of season two. I just watched so little television. I know, just, yeah. I know. And um, I, I bought the second season on Blu-ray, and it was one of the things I was going to watch um, during my recuperation, and I played Diablo 3 and killed, you know, I, I defeated <laughs> the, the game twice. With two different characters. I mean, not all in one stretch or anything, but that was what I did. If we're going to bring television into this, then we have to talk about Hannibal. Because the music in that was amazing. And And, and just the use of everything. Like, it was as much a character. Yeah. And and the way it enhanced feelings or made you uncomfortable. Yeah, seriously, genuinely uncomfortable. In, in ways that I can't quite explain. I know, and in, and in, place that, in ways that I don't understand how. But it was just as much of a character. I, I feel like it really and it was gave you the feeling of, of Hannibal Lecter's mind. Oh, is you that know? uncomfortable? Yeah. It was the other character. And, and also in, in, in the finale, the, that Susie Sue song, Jesus Christ, giving us a fucking Susie Sue song? I know. Uh, Just fantastic. I've listened to that so many times. <laughs> I, I, it's ridiculous. Oh, the skies tumbling from Song in the, in the music in Lost Prey. Speaking of having just rewatched it, um, oh, the song that they roll through the credits like that was like that, oh that song. Oh, I just loved I don't it. I remember the soundtrack at all. I'll have to. Yeah, yeah, it's good. <laughs> it goes to me. I hear soundtrack to, to Alien. Mm-hmm. That, that not only is the music in it great, but 
the scenes where they choose not to use music are incredibly effective for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought that was an excellent point. Um, <laughs> a movie that I immediately bought the soundtrack for, and then it still kind of upsets me now, <laughs> is there was a couple of songs that were used in the Banshee chapter that I was like, oh, that was really good. There's a there's a song called A Penny for the Old Guy or something. Oh, but does it actually really have like, some of the number it stations? It does, it has the number stations. not okay. And so, it, I swear to God, to this day, like, in, in the same way that Betty Davis' eyes makes me cry... Hearing an ice cream truck in the distance <laughs> makes me so uncomfortable now because there's this number station. And they're like, "Oh my god, whoever came up with that? That's like fucking awesome!" And they scared the shit out of me. And they're like, oh, "No, that's actually that's from actually our real number, number station. station." And because nobody ever claims those, we just uh, used it, and it's really fucking scary. But thanks. No, no, doesn't that sound like something out of a horror movie? Yes. You know, yeah. you expect, the you know, bad numbers, forces to come after. Little girl voice, ice well, 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 truck well, noise. Well, but, but I mean, the, the, you know, nobody nobody owns this, so we just used it. Ah, that happened, happened, to happened, happened, to, happened to them, happened to us for listening to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We have seven days to show this movie to someone else. <laughs> Did you ever listen to the Night Vale episode that was about the number stations? No, I haven't, I don't think. Oh, it is... Huh. It is, I think, and and I stopped. I, I, I listened to a lot of it, and then I stopped for a long... I have stopped. I haven't listened in over a year. There's an episode. Uh, if you like um, podcast and, like, scripted radio dramas, uh, Night Vale, and oh, if yeah. you like horror, you will probably like Night Vale, but there's a numbers station that is a heartbreaking uh, episode that is just huh. amazing, and I think they might go back to her at some point. Um, but basically, uh, they have a, a character who does the voice of, uh, in, in a number station. Oh, interesting. Okay. She kind of like gains consciousness, but then fades back to... Oh, uh, the, 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 the Flowers for Algernon show. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that just fucking kills me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I heard it around the same time as watching... Right. Um, did, did you see the, the comic that I reblogged on Tumblr that was about a, a mysterious radio station? No, I'm so, like, every once in a while, I'll go through a stretch where I'll do a whole bunch of stuff on Tumblr uh, and then disappear for another I'll, I'll have to send you a link for this specifically, yeah. and, and I'll, I'll probably link, link to it in the, the blog post for this episode, if I remember, because it was, it was really neat, the art is great, and it's a good, simple, haunting little story. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I'm just going to throw one last thing out, because I, you know... I had a lot of shit going on, so this is <laughs> be happy you got this much for, from me. Nightmare Before Christmas. It's not really horrible, yeah. but it's wonderful. It is wonderful. So I, I've actually got a few more here. I bet you do, because uh, you gonna, actually did a lot more research than I did. I'm going to toss out in no particular order. Um, see, as soon as I find one that we haven't mentioned already. <laughs> oh, Phantasm. Uh, yeah. that, that, that's another one where the movie wouldn't be nearly as good without that that music. Yeah. Uh, and the music itself just so perfectly unsettling.
Uh, and, and I found out today, I, I'd never heard this before, they were really heavily influenced by Goblin and the soundtracks <laughs> that have been done for, for Jello films. Uh, which makes perfect sense now that I know it, but I never, I never had considered that before. I've got to mention Tangerine Dream. I've got to mention Near Dark and Firestarter. Oh, oh, yes. Well, Tangerine Dream, didn't they do a variant of, uh, were there two versions of Legend? Yes, and they did one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I always wanted to like more. The only thing I liked in it was Tim Curry. (laughs) (laughs) You, You and a lot of other female friends that I have of a certain age who yes. yeah, were at a <laughs> very influential period in their lives when they first saw that movie <laughs> and have turned out kind of wrong. But anyway. <laughs> in only the very best way. <laughs> um, oh, uh, Scream. Okay. Uh, you know, again, you were saying earlier that you, you weren't that crazy about 90s soundtrack music, yeah, but... Yeah. Um, I really like the music in it. Uh, one of the things that I like in it the most is the 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 slow, sad little guitar cover of "Don't Fear the Reaper." Yeah, that's playing when when he first comes up to her bedroom and is talking to her. Mm-hmm. Um, great little, great little cover. Uh, Shocker is one that we <gasps> love the soundtrack for at the movie is um it's awesome. Actively terrible. Um, it's awesome! This, the soundtrack's awesome! The soundtrack is awesome. Metal. Yes. Ah! <laughs> uh, which, which also reminds me of uh, another soundtrack that I've always been very, very fond of, and that's Return of the Living Dead. And, and now that you've finally seen the movie, you yes. can see why yes, yes, I love yes. the soundtrack so much. Especially just in that scene where, you know, the, the toxin has hit the graveyard yes. and the rest of them start coming <laughs> back to life. Yeah, it's just amazing. That's amazing. About it. Oh, one really minor thing that I want to mention is uh, Fallen. Oh, and and yeah. its use of as times on your side yeah. as, you know, as a diegetic piece that, of music that just. The, 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 the mm. different characters oh, going by continuing hell, the song. That just reminded me of something I don't have on my list that, that should have been on my list, and that's uh, Stir of Echoes. For its use of painted black. Yes! Because painted black scares the fuck out of me now whenever I hear it because of Stir of Echoes. Um, yeah, and, and I'm going to, at this point, just sort of trail to an awkward halt because uh, I think I've run out of things that are on my list. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's basically it. Uh, I did my jazz hands. You did do your jazz hands, but that doesn't make any sound. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you're clear on how this podcast thing works, but... I completely understand how this podcast thing works, which is why I can often do this in no pants! It's true. <laughs> so, uh, by, by the time you all hear this on Monday, I will be heading back from uh, Los Angeles. Uh, I'm headed there this weekend for Gallifrey One, the big Doctor Who convention. I'm so there. glad you're going this year. I am too, yeah, because I, I, I did not manage to get uh, tickets last year, and this year I just seriously just camped out and was ready for the minute the <laughs> announcement was made. Tickets sold out this year within basically five minutes. But here, here, okay, here was the, here was the horrible thing. It took hours to find that out. Um, because there, 
Um, their system. Their system actually uh, actually crashed, and so they had to announce, okay, well, that, that's that's not working. Uh, send email with this address. You know, first, however, you, you know, the first X amount of people who send us... That is, wow. And go. And, yeah, I, I, I saw that, and I sent mine out, like, I, I had the, the, the email composed and ready. <laughs> like, this shit could go down. Yeah, I was like, okay, what's the address? Copy, paste, send, boom, done. <laughs> and, yeah, so I was one of the people who managed. I don't know what they're going to do this next year. I mean, they've clearly outgrown the infrastructure oh, yeah. that they have. And they don't, for and, but, but on the other side of it, don't want to necessarily get bigger. Oh, they, they, they absolutely do not yeah. want to get any bigger. Um, the, this is the size convention they feel like they can throw in. They, they want to keep it a size where you can feel like you get to know the people who go. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with all that, this. This, but is, yeah, this is, still, yeah. it's kind of rough for, for those who yeah. can't devote themselves to, you know, making that ticket happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited and looking forward to this. And, and like I said, by the time this podcast goes live, I'm going to be fucking exhausted and, and heading home. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, you guys have a great time and, yeah. and, uh, talk to you in two weeks.